Hello, pet lovers, and welcome to Pet Lover Geek. I'm Lorian Clemens, and today's From the Vault episode is all about the human-animal bond, and we're going to start off the show with science that proves that having a pet in your life makes you healthier. I was really lucky a few months ago while I was attending VMX. It's a big, huge veterinary show that happens once a year in Orlando. I got a chance to sit down with Steve Feldman. He runs a group called Habri, and you're going to get to meet him next, and he is going to talk about about the science behind the human-animal bond. And then the entire rest of the show is going to be really great stuff about bonding more strongly with your pet. So without any further ado, my interview with Steve Feldman from Habri. Steve, let's just start off. What is Habri and why do people need to know about it? <laughs> Habri is the Human-Animal Bond Research Institute. Kind of a mouthful, so we say Habri. Right. Uh, we do scientific research on the human health benefits of having pets. And I think all of us are kind of like, yeah, well, duh. Like, there's a huge benefit for, for, for having pets. But you guys do all your stuff with science, which, of course, is perfect for this audience. So tell me, what do you mean? Like, give me some examples of some of the research you guys have done. Well, you're right. Most pet lovers do know mm-hmm. that pets are good for them. Right. All you have to do is be greeted by your dog or your cat when you come home after a long day. What we do is look at specific health benefits for specific groups. So, for example, we've funded a number, number of projects on children with autism. Oh, cool. Uh, we know, for example, that uh, autistic children undergoing social skills training Uh, do better when a therapy dog is incorporated in that training. We funded a long-term study on pet dogs in the home that showed that there was more family harmony Mm -hmm. um, when in a family with a child with autism when there was a dog. One of the things it showed was that the primary caregiver, Mm -hmm. normally mom or dad, was less stressed. Oh, great. Which, Uh, of course, makes the whole relationship better. (laughs) Sure. Um, There's other research that looks at um, heart health Mm -hmm. and physical exercise. There's a number of studies, um, even beyond what we've funded, which show that uh, you're more likely to have lower blood pressure, you're more likely to get your recommended exercise. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, the American Heart Association has even said that pet ownership uh, is associated with better heart health. Now tell me, now we're here at VMX, and I know that that Habri and NAVC has recently partnered. Tell me about this program that you've got. It's a certification program for veterinarians, correct? Well, that's right. So Habri has the science, right? right? A great deal of science to show that pets are good for us. We've also done some research to show that veterinarians are the trusted uh, messengers mm-hmm. for this information right? Uh, for pet parents. Uh, NAVC has amazing technology to deliver online programming and education to veterinarians. So we have the content. They have this amazing platform. Mm-hmm. It's a great partnership to bring this information to the veterinary community. Okay, I find out that my veterinarian has been NAVC Habri certified, right? What does this mean? What's the benefit for me as a pet parent? So we hope pet parents will ask their veterinarian, are you human animal bond certified? And here's what that means. Okay. The veterinarian goes through that training. Uh, they go through it online, mm-hmm. and they learn all about the science of the human-animal bond and how to communicate that and how to respect and honor the bond when they deal with their clients, with those pet parents, and mm-hmm. their patients, the mm-hmm. pets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you, as a, a, a pet parent, go to a veterinarian who is human-animal bond certified, right. you know they're always thinking about the relationship that you have with your pet. Right. And it it makes the 
the medical care for your pet better. Mm -hmm. It makes your relationship with your veterinarian better, better communication, it usually means better care. Can you give me an example about, because I mean, there's part of me that, in, I feel like inherently a veterinarian would get the bond that I have with an animal because they, they chose to go into veterinary care, they love animals, they know about that tight love that people can have for animals, so don't they already get it, quote unquote? It's kind of the same thing you mentioned, like pet parents, they already kind of know there's this bond, but the science, but so what, what benefit then is the science? I mean, I, I also understand intrinsically how the more educated you are will help, but can you give me some examples about what makes that this extra training better for the veterinarian? And you. So you've probably been in your veterinary exam room and there's a poster on the wall for, maybe it's for a drug that you can't or pronounce. Heartworm right, or heartworm or something scary. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's a name you can't pronounce or right. something like that. Do you, right. do you have a conversation uh, with your veterinarian about what's on that poster? Now imagine that there's a poster on the wall of the exam room that says, here are the five things uh, that your pets can do for your health. Mm -hmm. I bet you will have a conversation right. about yeah. that. Right. So, of course, I will say that animal health companies play an important role in all of this. Sure, sure. Uh, and they're sponsors of Habri and they're sponsors of NAVC, and they recognize and honor the bond, which is why they're um, supporting this effort. But the idea is that you'll have a conversation, mm -hmm. a meaningful conversation, not just about your pet's health, not just about vaccines or whatever you're there for, right? but you'll really be talking about how is your relationship right. and what's going on there. Just knowing more about the family that this pet is part of, I think you probably have a lot better care long term for that pet. Well, that's right. And, you know, the practice of veterinary medicine can strengthen or break the bond, mm -hmm. right? If you really have trouble giving your pet a bath, Mm. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> One and cat. Then yes. The, and then the and then the veterinarian says, "I need you to take this shampoo and bathe your animal twice a week." Right. Uh, and it's stressful and it's hard, and you're and you're frustrated. That's that creates a fracture in your mm -hmm. bond with your mm -hmm. pet. If the veterinarian knows and understands and asks about that and thinks about your bond, he might choose a different treatment mm -hmm. um, that, that strengthens the bond. He might choose a, a, a pill instead of a shampoo. Right, right. right. And so they can think about uh, all the tools in their toolbox to make sure that you have a strong bond with your pet. Yeah, that's that, that actually, that's a perfect example of like how that makes sense. We, we have four fur kids at home. They're all completely different personalities. And some of them, for example, take pills very well. I can hide it in anything and she will eat it. And the other one, we find the pills on the floor, you know, across the room because, so that type of, of thing, whereas one might be great with pills and another one might need a, 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 an oral suspension or something else like that. Well, that's right. So, so when the veterinarian is thinking about the bond, it impacts how they uh, practice medicine in a very positive way. So what, what's the response from veterinarians? I mean, I, I, I know from the past from interviewing veterinarians about different new things that are out there, and there's a lot coming at them all the time, a lot of new, a lot of you know, this new thing and that new technique and all that. Um, what's the response been from veterinarians about this new certification program? What's great about the Human Animal Bond Certification Program is that veterinarians are on solid ground because they're scientists and mm -hmm, they're used mm -hmm. to science. So this gives them um, a safe way, way that they understand to interact with their clients mm -hmm. because we're giving them the scientific information that shows that your pet is good for your heart, your pet is good for getting exercise, mm -hmm. can reduce anxiety, depression, and stress. So they have these scientific studies at their disposal and they can 
communicate all of that in a way that veterinarians are used to, which is from a scientific perspective. Let me ask you this too. From what we have talked about in the past on this show, we had the, the folks from the Fear Free program, uh, Dr. Marty Becker, and they were talking about, is this, does this kind of go hand in hand? It feels like it goes hand in hand with what they're trying to do with Fear Free. I think that the Human Animal Bond Certified Program does go hand in hand with Fear Free. In that case, you're really thinking about the, the, the comfort and stress mm-hmm. levels of, mm-hmm. the, of the pet as they come into the clinic. Right. And these things will work really well together. Great. You're thinking about the bond between the pet and the pet parent. You're thinking about how the pet is feeling. This also uh, goes to how the, how the pet parent is feeling. It's really two sides of the same coin. I have to say the response from veterinarians to this has been tremendous. You know, we did an online sign-up prior to this conference oh, right, at yeah. VMX so that uh, we could see how much interest there was. And thousands of veterinarians, vet techs, practice managers have all signed up to get more information. So it's going live and we're putting people through this online course. It's very exciting. That is very exciting. So say that I want to encourage my vet clinic. How would I get them to to learn more about this? Well, the first thing you should do is ask them about it. Tell them that they can go online. They can go to NAVC.com. They can go to Habri.org. We all have links back to how you can sign up and learn more about the Mm -hmm, course. mm -hmm. Eventually, you'll be able to look for a, a window cling uh, and (laughs) brochures and those posters we talked about in your veterinarian's office. But the first thing you should do is ask them about it. Make sure they know about it. They can sign up and take the course. Tell them that that's something you're really interested in. And is there there a big cost for them to do this? well, the price right now is two two ninety nine. Oh, okay, that's it. Just like three hundred bucks for the three hundred bucks. The okay, you get, you get you get certified. You get a great kit of material that you can share with mm-hmm. your clients, mm-hmm. uh, with your pet parents in your community. One of the important things. I'm glad you mentioned community. Yeah. One of the modules is called community engagement, oh. and it's how you can take this important information about pets outside of the walls of the vet clinic to share it with your community. So whether as a veterinarian you're helping a therapy animal organization Mm. or uh, communicating with the doctors, the human medical doctors in your area so that they know about all of this, Uh, we're giving the tools so veterinarians can share this. Because if you think about it, your pet helps make you and your family healthier. Mm -hmm. And and more responsible pet ownership in your community has actually been shown by science to make a a more tight-knit community. I I was just thinking, I mean, I'm thinking like the Parks and Rec Department as they're building more, you know, dog-friendly spaces for everybody and 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 cat cat cafes coming into the town and all these different things i can think that this type of um you know resource from the veterinarian side can only help those type of endeavors so that's really really cool stuff awesome anything else that you want to add before we wrap it up well i like to say that um we all know it's important to eat our vegetables to be a healthy person we all know we should get our exercise to be a healthy person i like to say a pet belongs on the list. Get a pet. It's part of being a healthy person. Awesome. I love that. And I, I'm sure our local Humane Society loves that, too. <laughs> Thank you so much, Steve. It's terrific getting to meet you. Thanks for taking the time. I know that you are incredibly busy while you're here. Really great to meet you Pleasure and, and to talk, talk with you. you. Well, there you have it, folks. Having a pet in your life is just as important as exercise and eating vegetables. Science says it's true. Now, stick around because we've got some really great guests coming up on the show today. We're going to talk to folks that are experts in both 
cats and experts in dogs, and they're going to talk to us about really important things that you can do to solidify that bond, particularly if you're bringing in an animal that maybe is a little bit older, rehomed, rescue a shelter pet, because we all know that sometimes building that bond between those pets and yourself can be a little bit challenging at times. So I'm really excited about that. Stick around. We've got a lot more really great stuff on Pet Lover Geek brought to you by Pet Hub. no joke how important animals have become in our lives. In fact, did you know that according to research that was recently done by Science Direct, in the last 10 years, humans are spending more time and money on dogs and cats than ever before. In fact, dogs occupying a very significant role in our hearts and lives. And dog owners, many of whom would consider themselves dog parents, have reported that attachments to their dogs are as strong as, if not stronger than, their attachments to their best friends, their children and even their spouses. But there are some things that you can actually do to increase that bond even more, believe it or not. And one of the great ways to do that is to learn how to read your dog, how to understand their language that they're speaking, because they are speaking to you. And to help us learn more about this, we have the founder of I Speak Dog, Tracy Krulik, with us on the show today. Tracy, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. Hi, thanks. I'm really excited to be here. All right. Now, let's let's start first by, you know, what does this mean? Uh, what is exactly is I Speak Dog and what you do? Okay. So, I Speak Dog is a website uh, that I created with some incredibly talented people last year um, to help people better understand why their dogs do what they do and what different emotions look like. Essentially, um, you know, we, we as people, we, when, you know, you walk into a room at a party and you, you go through the door and people turn your way and you, and you suddenly get, you know, self-conscious, like, uh, is there something in my teeth? Why are they all staring at me? You know, and you start projecting all of these, these thoughts in your head onto these people where they may not even have noticed you. They just kind of turn that way or, or maybe they actually think, Oh, I love her hair. I want to see who, who does her hair. Um, and, and so it's sort of just in our nature as people to, to kind of project stuff onto each other. Um, and so when it comes to our dogs, it's really easy to do that because they don't speak to us, right? We have to, we have to infer what's going on. So I Speak Dog um, exists to help people kind of like, you know, get out of their heads a little bit and really be able to break it down and go, okay, my dog just chewed the couch. Why did that happen? You know, what, what the heck is going on there and, and what could I do about it? I'm reminded like the anthropomorphizing of animals. I do this constantly and, and I, I know that that's not fair to them. So this is, you're kind of helping us like, okay, step back. The, the, human, yeah. the human speak is not the same as the dog speak. So go ahead. Give us the example you're saying about the couch. Well, okay. So a way that I like to explain it is that it's kind of like the words there, there, and there in English. That they, they all sound exactly the same, but if you saw them on paper, they're written differently and they have different meanings, right? Well, dog behaviors follow the same kind of a pattern. So... Chewing may be a dog who loves to chew because dogs, many dogs love to chew. It's, it's in their DNA. 
So, so if you have a dog who's chewing, you need to figure out what does that chewing mean? Is it because he enjoys chewing or is he chewing because he's scared? He's left home alone and he's chewing the door frame because he's trying to get out. He's scared. So we have this same behavior, but if we're going to do something about it, if we're going to stop the chewing, if it falls under the bucket of dog being a dog, we're going to train it one way. And if it falls under the bucket of it's happening because the dog is scared, we're going to approach it a totally different way. So by understanding that, we can help our dogs live more harmoniously with us and everybody can be happier. Well, and dogs do have a language. I mean, anybody that's had a dog and been around a dog for a long time knows that, that there, are, there are certain cues that they give us all the time. Sometimes we don't necessarily watch for those cues, but like in, in, I'm going to talk about my two pups. So I have two dogs that are vastly different and the way that they approach strangers, for example, to me, the way I look at them, I'm like, wow, they approach people totally differently. Both look, though, to the stranger like they're wagging their tail. One is wagging his tail because he's really excited to see you and he can't wait to meet you. The other one is wagging her tail. I'm not exactly sure what she's saying with that wagtail, but it is not because she wants to meet you. So can you talk a little bit? It's kind of the same thing like the chewing. Like they are different meanings to that seemingly same yeah. word that's being spoken by the dog's body. Yeah. So, so what we do on I Speak Dog is we actually break it down to a really simple three-step formula. It's our um, how to speak dog formula. And the, the three steps are, one, what is the dog doing? So in this case, it's, you know, greeting somebody or, you know, approaching someone or, or, or you know, just the body, you, somebody coming up to them. So it's that kind of a context. Step two is what is the dog's body language? So that's when we take a look and we break it down. What's going on? Is the dog leaning forward? Are they pulling back? Are they jumping on people? Do they look stiff or do we see a lot of eye white showing? Um, and then the third one is what is the context? You know, is it a bunch of kids there? Um, is it a new person, somebody they're familiar with? And so we take those three questions and we use the website kind of like um, it's, it's it's like uh, like an encyclopedia sort of. You click on what's the dog doing, and it takes you to a bunch of different um, buttons that you can press, like jumping on people or barking or growling or different things. And then you would go to the what is the dog's body language. You would go to the I Speak Dog Body Language Gallery where you see images of dogs that are happy and dogs that are scared and dogs that are aggressive and dogs that are submissive. And, and, and you think, okay, what does my dog look like in this situation and compare it to those pictures? And, and then you take the third one, the context to kind of put everything together. So one of the things we talk about um, on I Speak Dog is um, what's called pro-social behavior that, um, you know, I think everybody's heard the term antisocial, um, which means they don't want anything to do with mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. Pro-social is really happy to meet other dogs, other people, right? So one of your dogs sounds to be more pro-social, like doesn't have a fear of people, is eager to say hi, and is doing common pro-social behaviors, like I'm guessing maybe a little jumping up. Does, mm -hmm. does, do you see that? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, we right. do, although we're getting better with that. We're, we're working through those 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 uh, not acceptable social behaviors. Well, 
I have to tell you, when, when I meet a dog, you know, when somebody calls me up and they say, oh, my dog is jumping on people, it's making me crazy, I'm like, congratulations, <laughs> you have a happy, friendly dog. Yes, you know, like, we do. That's really great news, because we can teach a dog that's jumping up to do a really solid sit-stay right. and wait to be, wait to be petted. Um, but to teach a dog who's afraid of people who's exhibiting antisocial behaviors, like they're, they're pulling away, they're leaning away, they stiffen, they get a lot of eye whites showing. Some, some antisocial dogs will even growl or snap. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to help that dog overcome the fear. So we've got two different dogs greeting people in two totally different ways. One is an easy fix to just teach this dog to control its happy instincts. And the other one, now we've got a fearful dog and it's going to take a, you know, a lot longer and a lot more patience to help that dog greet people in a better way. Now I want to talk about folks using the site because, you know, if, if I'm in, obviously when I'm in the situation, I'm not going to be pulling it up on my smartphone and trying to figure out, okay, what is he doing right. now? Because that's obviously a little right. bit too late. So, so let's talk about the best way to approach using I speak dog. Well, what we have, so if, if you win an order on the website, first we introduce the How to Speak Dog formula. Um, so that would be the first tab, just to kind of get the idea for what this formula is. Then you would go to the next tab, which is Let's Speak Dog. And what we've done there is we've broken out nine different examples, actually ten because there's an example on the example page. Um, so, so ten different Common situations that occur, puppy biting, dog doesn't listen when you call them, barking, pulling on leash, jumping on guests, are they fighting or playing, these kinds of things. And we walk you through the formula and show you how to use the website, teach you how to use the website from there. And then once you've gone through all of those and you really get it, okay, I get what I'm doing. I totally get it. I totally get it. Then you can on your own go back and, you know, play through any kind of scenario. My dog does this or my dog does that. And you can go through it and, and, and figure things out. What, what, what I'll say is once you get into the habit of asking these three questions, it's pretty amazing when you're out in the field and you're out with your dog and you start to think, Oh, my dog is being so stubborn. That becomes like a cue. Wait a minute. I've got to ask my three questions Mm -hmm. and you can stop yourself and really figure things out right on the spot. Once you're used to asking those questions. So it's about studying the the process and the, and the way of approaching it first. And then you can start to, to put it into action. And have you actually, and I'm, and I'm sure you have like, how people are able to better bond with their dog if they're actually able to start reading and, and understanding their dog, the language that their dog is using? Well, it's just there's less of a struggle. There's less mm-hmm. of a power struggle. And there's less of, you know, it, when my dog starts barking or pulling or whatever, I don't think, I mean, I used to. I'm human. I'm like everybody else, right? right. So I used to just get frustrated and why won't she listen and whatever. I don't have those thoughts anymore. Right. Because, because I know she's being a dog and, and, and we got we to gotta work together. We got to figure things out together. So um, I, I know friends and family and others who've used this website who are like just stunned that how much happier they are with their dog and how much happier their dog seems to be. Awesome. Tell people where they can find out more about I Speak Dog. It is ispeakdog.org. Fantastic. Thank you so much with your time, Tracy. This is really great stuff. Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
And to our listeners, thanks for joining us today. Make sure you leave a comment below for any cool or geeky ideas that you want us to cover in future episodes. And like always, give those fur babies a hug from me. I'm Lorian Clemens, and this has been Pet Lover Geek, powered by Pet Hub.